Next on BYU Sports Nation, it's the final day of fall camp. What are the biggest takeaways from fall camp for the Cougars? How about biggest surprises in fall camp? Plus, what is Vic Soto seeing in practice? Plus, Hoops finishes the Spanish trip undefeated. Who is the leading scorer? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. What is up? It is Wednesday, August 26th. Jerem Jordan alongside BYU Sports Nation minion, Brian Logan. Ooh, I like that. Kind of, sort of. (laughs) I just saw the movie last (laughs) night with my two-year-old girl. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. I heard it, it was, was okay. kind of it was kind of bad. Me and my wife were gonna go, and it she, wasn't great. It, yeah. it had its moments. She said it was. It was the reviews said that it was kind of weird because it really wasn't in English. You know, it was like they they speak banana. Exactly, they speak some English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, like all together. Yeah, all in one. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were some weird moments, definitely. You know, I am excited to see the the new Lego movie when that comes out. I've been we've been watching that lately with with me and my son. What a great movie! Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, he considers me a master builder now. Mm. You know, because I, I we, he's all on Legos. And, You're a master and, and builder. We, we buy, yeah, we buy him a lot of Legos now, and and that's how we bond, man. And I and I build it. That's great. And he goes, Mom, I don't want you to play with me because you're not a master builder. Dad's a master builder. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. It is. BYU yeah. football trying to become master builders as they get ready for the season. Today is the last day of fall camp. What was that day like when you played? No nine and ten. The Glor- last day of fall camp. Glorious, man. The the clouds departed and heaven. I could see heaven, dude. Spotlight came down. It was like. Your body felt rested oh, finally, dude. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun, man. It was good. Actually, I actually think I broke my hand on the last day of fall camp. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I did. This went from hey, the junior, heavens departed to I broke my hand. <laughs> <laughs> that just turned quickly. That, well, my, that was my senior year, and then my, mm. my junior year, I broke my hand. I, I remember that last day, I broke my hand. And it was fine because you didn't have, like, the third-ranked team with the Heisman Trophy winner around the bend no, um, and I just, at Cowboy Stadium. It, it, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. Like, no, I just no. didn't get named the starter the day before. No. Nope. broke my hand. So, nope. yeah. Not a big deal at all. Nope. Uh, we were going to release the men's volleyball schedule today. Sean Holm- Olmstead, the head coach, got sick. Uh, so we're going to announce that when he gets better. So we wish Sean Olmstead uh, a little bit of health there. Here's today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As mentioned, it's the last day of fall camp for BYU football. We will be at practice today watching, doing interviews. Tomorrow we will name, and this is a thing now, the second annual BYU football, BYU Sports Nation Fall Camp MVP. Uh, it's gonna, you tomorrow. Gotta, you got to get to the elite guy, man. Nick Kurtz is my guy. Um, true elitist would, right there. I would say he's number one he, right now for my so. vote. We'll have our, we'll have our you know, wide array of uh, research staff and uh, pollsters weigh in on that tomorrow. I think there are three people that get a vote. Uh, that's tomorrow, a, that's, a, that's, that's irrelevant about that. Camp just, MVP. Just, just vote for Nick. <laughs> also, FB, FB Schedules reports BYU at Washington State in 2019 is moved from September 14th to October 12th. The men's basketball team went 4-0 in Spain after an 82-55 win yesterday. Chase Fisher scored a team-high 20 points, while Kyle Davis added 14 points and 13 rebounds. We'll break down the Spanish trip for Los Cougars. Coming up in 35 minutes. And a nice trip. Uh, we have several takeaways from that trip. The women's soccer team's now ranked 11th. Nice. They jumped eight spots after a 2-0 win versus Cal. 
uh, in Hawaii on Friday. BYU's game with Stanford was supposed to be played Monday. They've rescheduled that. BYU will play at Stanford on September 7th, and BYU will get a home game in a future season with the Cardinal. So that ends up being a nice situation. Yeah, pretty nice turnaround there. Team USA volleyball loss in three sets to Brazil yesterday in Game 2 of the USA V-Cup. Tonight, the two teams play Game 3 at USC. Good luck to Taylor Sander, who sat out last night. Uh, Russell Holmes, Futi Tavanon, those guys. With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The end of fall camp. And man, it was it was killer to have Taysom back. Felt really good, and, and nothing holding me back. 100%. 100%. And they, they and I love Jamal. Uh, he will be back. Because what happens with depth is just it, it creates competition, and competition makes you better. I've only played with really good receivers here at BYU, but this has been the most depth we've had at least, which helps a lot. Just some of the sounds from fall camp thus far from Bronco Mendenhall, Taysom Hill, Guy Holiday, Mitch Matthews, among others. It's been a somewhat uneventful camp, which can be a good thing. You have a senior quarterback. You know what you're getting. Aside from the news about Jamal Williams coming into fall camp, uh, some injuries of note to uh, Jorgensen and Richards uh, and, and some serious ones of that. But BYU will finish fall camp today. Uh, started about three weeks ago, and here we are. So with that in mind, uh, we, we start off with today's Twitter question, Brian. What's your biggest takeaway from BYU football fall camp? First tweet coming in at Big Ben Ellis. Offensive potential is limitless. Uh, comfortable and excited with the defensive line and linebacker corp, but the secondary conf- concerns me. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. At Ryan Frieden. Either Nick Kurtz is really good or whoever is covering him has some work to do. <laughs> Nick Kurtz is really good. <laughs> I like that, though. Now, when he says covering him, I thought of the media and the defender. Oh. So, because there is the hype factor. But what's, what's the answer to this question for you? Uh, for me, man, it's, it's, it's got to be on the defensive side exceeding expectations. I mean, coming in, we knew that the defense had a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the younger guys uh, showed flashes of, of their potential, what they could do, guys like Fred Warner. But we really didn't know if they were going to take this offseason and take it to the next level. And we knew, you know, we were excited that Bronco was going to come in, taking over the defense. But still, I, I did not expect to see the, 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 the improvement that this defense has made. I mean, guys are flying around. Guys are making sacks and, and pass breakups, turnovers. Guys are getting interceptions. I mean, these guys know their assignment. Whereas last year, it looked like guys were, you know, kind of just in the clouds, floating around. I don't know what what we're doing. You know, check check green, check green. What is green? What does that be? Uh, I don't know. You know, guys flying by them, double moves, all that stuff, and so. I didn't expect the defense to look as good as assignment sound as they as they has been all the way from the starters all the way to to some of the third and fourth string guys and that right there to me is exceeding the expectations. We knew that they were going to take another step, but we had no clue that they were going to take twenty steps. Now that's great because they were the biggest question mark. Uh, if you look at just which side of the ball is a question mark going into fall camp, the offense returns a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes, especially Taysom Hill. Healthy, everything's good, everything's going well, it seems like. Everything is awesome! But Bronco Mendenhall taking over the defense, that's, that's good. And I would agree with you that the defense has really uh, stepped up. And we'll talk about the secondary in just a second. To me, the answer to this question is uh, the running backs. Okay, I, I have concerns about the running backs 
coming out of fall camp thus far. Uh, no Jamal Williams, obviously, is a huge blow. Yeah. I think that Algernon Brown is a good running back. But behind him, Nate Carter, limited action, but but positive. Uh, and then Adam Hine, who I think is an effective kick returner, still has maybe some stuff to prove as a running back. And it's his senior year. Maybe he makes uh, you know a splash this season. But just there's just some concern when your number one has been your number kind of two and a half yeah. or three. Now, right. he's the guy. And then... To Nate Carter's credit, he's a walk-on who's, who's done a nice job. But when a walk-on, maybe he's not this weekend. Maybe they give him a scully, and I expect that. Is your number two, there's questions about depth, right? Because what if one of these guys gets hurt? Dana White. And Nate Carter's the one. Yeah. That, that, that's tough for BYU to accomplish its goals. Nate Carter, I think, is a good number three. I think number one's different. So, so he's, he's question a, he's marks a, and concerns for me. He's a good, he's a good change of, of, of pace back. Yeah. I, I, I like Nate Carter a lot. Uh, you just I'm just concerned because of the reps, the amount of reps that he has, right? Sure. And, and same thing with, with Algie Brown. We don't know if he can finish a full season just because of, of what we saw last year. You it's know, a different it, deal when you're the one. It, it is completely different from, from stress and the pressure and, and everything that comes with that spotlight. Uh, and, and then Adam, I, I agree with you, man. He, he is definitely more of a factor uh, straight ahead, I think left and right really is in his forte. But, again, we'll see, like you said, if he can step it up. Honestly, all those guys got to step it up, man. Uh, Every single one of them has to step it up to uh, you know supplement what Jamal brings him. It's tough because the standard side, no Jamal Williams, BYU's not going to replace Jamal Williams. I want somebody to step up that can bring some swag. Swag, man. You know, Brian Kill said it the other day. That's a big piece that mm. that the, that the team, and more importantly, the I think this, the, yeah, the emotional energy, the electricity that he brings, and not only did he do that with the, with the team, but he does it. It starts with the group first. You know, within the he running brought backs. that group up. That's exactly. right. That's right. Let's talk about our biggest surprises of fall camp. What do you think, Brian? Biggest surprise for me is Harvey Longy, Langy, Longy. Sure. Uh, <laughs> whatever I yes. want. Yes. Uh, and, and him being a vocal leader. And, and it's, it's surprising to me because you would expect a guy like Bronson to kind of step up, right? Somebody that has been in the spotlight, somebody that has these recognitions, preseason awards, kind of like you're the best guy. Usually has done it on the field. Yeah, somebody who's proven, right? This is, Harvey really isn't proven. Harvey had some, some, some flashes and some good plays last year, but we haven't really seen him put it, put it all together. Right. And you've heard some great things coming out of camp and even in the summer, how, how he's stepped up, and it's really impressive. He needs to be a leader. And here's what he told BYU Sports Nation last week. Yeah, I'm pumped. I want to be that guy, but I have to take it day by day. I can't just say it, you know. It's it, talk is cheap, so I gotta just keep working on the small and simple things, and you know, being here on time, doing the things r- right off the field, and um, I can be that vocal guy. And he needs to be uh, for the BYU linebackers now. And he is uh, he's penciled in at uh, the Mike linebacker spot. Mm. When you look at one of the outside linebackers, uh, Fred Warner's the guy at uh, Sam or strong side. The backup to him is a walk-on freshman named Scott Huntsman. He is my biggest surprise of fall camp. A guy that went to the same high school as uh, Charles West. Yep. So he knows him. Excited to get Charles here in January. But Scott Huntsman has become a guy that is a backup as a walk-on freshman. He's going to get a scholarship, Kelly Pinga told us, in the future if he keeps working hard. Some film was tweeted out the other day of him chasing Taysom Hill around from yes. the backside. It's just one play, but for a walk-on freshman, I thought, impressive. And if Kelly Papinga can sign off on him 
And Kelly doesn't mince words typically. No, it was horrible, man. It was horrible. <laughs> you don't touch. You don't touch your quarterback. You don't touch the best player okay, what, in the universe. What happened man. on that play is Taysom was rolling, you know, to his left, went to throw, and I think Huntsman hit the ball out of his hands. And some people were like, "Don't touch Taysom." That's the first thing I saw. I, everybody was talking about his speed. This is impressive. He's running down Taysom. I was like, "Oh!" And then my face dropped, and I was like, "What are you doing? You, I would cut you so fast!" Oh my gosh! You, get out. Go home. Yo, just take your, keep your pads <laughs> on. Walk home. Get, get out of here. I need you away from me right you, now. You never. I do something you never uh, touched Max Hall. You never no. hit. You never hit him. No, never. Go I didn't, I Michael didn't, Lisa did, and he had a, a ball thrown at the back of his head. Dude, I didn't even intercept a ball from Max Hall. Really? In yeah, practice? On never. purpose? On purpose? <laughs> Confidence? I let him have it every time, Max. I, you uh, know, you know what, it, you know what it is, Max. Uh, that's great. <laughs> All BYU needs to figure out is whether they're ready to go on September fifth. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Ten days away. We got some work to do. That's all right. It's still fall camp for us, too. That was hard, Ben. It's still fall camp for us. We can figure (laughs) it out. Our Twitter question, what's your biggest takeaway from BYU football fall camp? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Mama Lindstro, skill level slash depth and attitude, even if an injury happens, can draw from last year, regroup, and not miss a beat. Hmm. Like the attitude part. That's a, that's important. At Cougar underscore Nate. If everyone stays healthy, the season could be great, and the secondary is still a big question mark. Why is everybody dogging on the secondary? Because you're on the show today. Man, that's <laughs> what it is, huh? Coming up, Nebraska insider Mike Babcock tells us what kind of pressure Mike Riley is under with 10 days to go. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Outfitter of all things, BYU. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversations happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Go ahead and clear a three-hour block of your time on Tuesday, September 1st for what we are calling a Super Tuesday. First, at 6 p.m. Eastern, it's the first ever rebroadcast of BYU Sports Nation. At 7 p.m. Eastern, the premiere of Inside BYU Football, giving you an insider look at this year's Cougar football team. This is what I am calling the hard knocks of BYU football. Then, at 8 p.m. Eastern, the season debut of After Further Review. Three hours of nonstop BYU football. Do not miss it on September 1st. Next Tuesday, you're going to be on that. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. That starts at 6 Eastern time. Our Twitter question today, what's your biggest takeaway from the BYU football fall camp? Use the hashtag BYUSN for your chance to uh, be heard on the show or seen. At MK Jackman, pieces are in place for a great season. Team seems confident and prepared. A loss in Nebraska proves only that we have inferior athletes. Hmm. Interesting comment. I think that BYU typically has pretty good athletes and in some spots really good athletes. When you're playing a team like Nebraska, you'd think that Nebraska has better athletes, but can you play a better game? Can your scheme be better? Can you have a better day yes. in certain parts? Then maybe you win. Can you, can you outwork? Can you out-execute? That's what BYU always comes down to, why BYU is considered the, the giant slayer. Hard work beats talent every single day. But if talent works hard, then you, That's trouble. you have no chance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's ask Mike Babcock of HaleVarsity.com about that. He now joins us. Mike, how's it going? Hey, it's going great here. Great time of year. Oh, yes, it is. Ten days away from BYU at Nebraska. A lot of uh, of hype and excitement going into this one. What's life 
uh, like right now in Lincoln as you prepare for the season opener under a brand-new head coach, Mike Riley? Well, there's a lot of enthusiasm, obviously, and I've done this for a long time. I think this will be my 38th season of covering Nebraska football, so it's it's kind of it's it's redundant to some extent. You know, there's always optimism going into the season. Everybody's enthusiastic about uh, the opportunity that Nebraska has, and I think that uh, Mike Riley, his personality has has uh, generated uh, enhanced that enthusiasm. I guess he's you know much more accessible than than Bo Pelini was uh, at the end of his tenure as coach. And, and uh, so it's, it's uh, Nebraska nice, you know, Mike Riley. He's just a nice guy. But, but uh, I tell people, um, you know, he coached, uh, he was a head coach in the National Football League. He won a couple of great cups in the Canadian Football League. I mean, he, has, he's, he didn't get there by being a nice guy um, when things don't, aren't done the right way. And so um, he's a very intense competitor, and I think it'll be interesting to see how uh, this team performs. But there's always that transition, you know, with a new staff, new learning, learning a new system, and, and uh, how quickly can Nebraska adapt to that new system. Mike, where have you seen uh, Coach Riley's impact the most so far through fall camp? Well, you know, I think he's related to the players pretty well, and obviously he's related to the uh, to the fan base and former players, and that's one of the things. We've had some access to practice, uh, been able to go out uh, and, and watch some of the practices in fall camp, um, and to see the former players that come out uh, on a consistent basis, that's always pretty cool, especially for an old guy like me. Um, you know, I'm seeing now the sons of guys that played at Nebraska that I covered as well. Um, but I, I, I just think it's that energy and that enthusiasm that he is he he, he exudes, and uh, you know that's a thing. He's very open with the media, which in this day and age, you know, uh, at Nebraska, you're, you're going to see three dozen. Uh, reporters out there or, or media representatives on any given day and and uh, makes it a little difficult for the coach to know everybody and how things are going to respond but he's been very uh, very open with the media very straightforward so um, that's been a been a positive as well it's just everything is 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 positive at this point Mike do you Cornhusker fans think Mike Riley is a better coach than Bo Pelini you know I don't, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if I have that sense or not. You know that uh, Bo, uh, his personality uh, created some situations that were uncomfortable for people, and and uh, and I think that it, it's more of a personality thing, a change in personality. I I think that that people had uh, respect for what Bo did, especially uh, you know he was a defensive coach, and I've always felt like uh, you know that uh, he'd be a great defensive coordinator sometimes. I'm not sure if he was really able to to do some of the other things that a head coach has to do in terms of public relations and that sort of thing. But uh, you know, I don't I don't know if that's the, the the main change. You know, that that people are looking at it and saying um, we're getting a better uh, X's and O's coach in charge of the program. I think it's more how he relates to people. Um, that that's the thing, and I you know. Uh, we, we've had a lot of talk. You're right. uh, maybe you were kind of talking about this talent, uh, the talent and uh, you know effort and so forth can can beat talent. But if talent has that effort, um, that's one of the been one of the themes since Riley's gotten here is that well he's going to have better players 
and a better opportunity to recruit here than he did at Oregon State. So let's see how things go. You know, give him better players and a better recruiting uh, situation and, and see how that plays out. And, that, and, you know, he and his assistants have talked about that. But, again, we had, you know, a lot of enthusiasm because no, no games have been played yet. And that's the interesting thing because uh, you win nine or ten games the last, what is it, seven or eight years. Uh, the standard's pretty high with Nebraska football if you can a guy uh, because his personality doesn't mesh well, PR like you mentioned. So, so with Mike Riley, does he have to win at least nine games this season? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the leash is that short. Um, um, I, I think the expectation is that the, that you know that that's kind of the bottom line that he'll win at least nine, and mm-hmm. and fans are enthusiastic. And you know, I I heard on a call-in show the other day, some fans suggested that uh, Nebraska could probably win. Uh, every regular season game except uh, maybe Michigan State or Wisconsin, both of whom uh, come to Lincoln and, uh, and you know, would be in the conversation for, you know, it, there's that kind of, I don't believe that's going to happen, but there's that kind of mentality out there. Some people think that, but but I really think that nine is, is, uh, is kind of the number. You, you know, part of it, too, was that, that – uh, Bo Pelini's teams won nine games, but there were some really crushing defeats, really embarrassing defeats in there. And I think that's, you know, people would 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 look at it more. They would be more accepting, I guess, if it's you know if it ends up being a nine and four season, if it's a competitive four losses and and uh, you get the nine wins. But yeah, Nebraska fans have that high high expectations, and and uh, Riley's walking into a situation where. Um, the expect, expectations are going to be there for immediate success. And I don't know, again, new coach, new system, how that transition goes. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. What happens if one of those losses comes from BYU in the home opener? Well, um, I don't know how people will respond. Again, I think if it's competitive and, and – uh, um, you know, for me, I you know I appreciate the BYU and Nebraska in an opening game because Nebraska hasn't lost an opener since '85. I think Florida State uh, came into Lincoln and won. Uh, but if you look at the teams that Nebraska has opened with in the last few seasons, I mean Florida Atlantic, Southern Mississippi, Chattanooga, Western Michigan, um, Nevada, Louisiana Tech, Maine, Western Illinois. I mean, it, it, you know the. Nebraska BYU that's a pretty cool opener I think given what we've what we've seen in recent seasons and I hope fans look at it that way as well because I think it'll be a competitive game and uh, again I think the expectation is probably among Husker fans they're going to win but but if they don't win uh, if they're competitive in the game um, I you know I think people I think people the majority of Husker fans let's say that uh, and when you've got 340 consecutive sellouts and, and capacity is a little over 90,000 now they can get in there, uh, it doesn't take very many people to be upset for it to seem like it's a, it's a movement. So, <laughs> but I think the majority of Husker fans are, would, would, would accept a loss if Nebraska was competitive. Mike Babcock of HaleVarsity.com covering the Nebraska Cornhuskers is on BYU Sports Nation. There was a lot of discussion related to the different kind of offense that Mike Riley runs, more of a pro style, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, has Tommy Armstrong found a middle ground as the guy still in a new offense? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, I, you know, one of the things that Riley said, um, you know, we'll, we'll adapt. We'll try to adapt our system to what, what guys do well. 
Um, that is means wholesale changes, and 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 Danny Langsdorf, um, you know, spent last season uh, coordinating work with quarter at Eli Manning with the New York Giants. Um, after having spent uh, like uh, 12 seasons at Oregon State with with uh, with Mike Riley, so um, I think they'll adjust. Uh, Tommy Armstrong can run run fairly well, and uh, one of the initial things that Langsdorf said to Tommy was, "You're not a runner." And he, you know, he kind of said that in jest, but but they don't want him, you know, putting down his head and trying to get that extra three yard. I mean, they want him to slide or get out of bounds or, or do things uh, wisely um, to try to protect him. But uh, by the same token, they want to they want to use his ability as a runner. So I, I think he's made the adjustment pretty well. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a funny thing because you know they huddle up now. Um, they didn't do that uh, in the past, and the guy said the first couple of practices, um, you know, their coaches were yelling at them because they, you know, the the play would be over and they'd be looking where the ball was spotted instead <laughs> of getting to the huddle or whatever. So uh, it took a day or two for them to to figure that out. But um, I, I think that I think Tommy Armstrong has has made the adjustment, and it's been pretty clear, I think, from the outset. They, it, there's been competition, but it was clear that he was going to be the quarterback and. Okay. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, okay, uh, Tommy Armstrong there. But last question, Amir Abdullah, how do you replace a guy like that? Well, um, you know, I, uh, running back by committee, I think, is what it's going to be. And I, I, I think I saw a story uh, not too long ago where that was the reference for for uh, BYU as well, committee of running backs. Um, but, no, I think, I think Nebraska is probably going to – Nebraska, you know, that's part of the issue here is trying to keep guys happy because Nebraska's got five guys right now and probably another one that's going to redshirt um, uh, that could be in the in the mix there. And I, we're going to see. The coaches have said they're they're going to use those. They're going to try to rotate guys a little bit, but uh, you know how that goes. I mean, somebody's probably not going to be happy, but it's going to it's going to have to be by committee. Nobody has has stepped up and. And uh, you know, taking hold of that position, um, Terrell Newby, Amani Cross, uh, Divine Zigbo is a true freshman. Mikhail Wilbon's a redshirt f- freshman. Adam Taylor. I mean, you could see any of those five guys uh, uh, in the game. Um, they they haven't settled on one in particular. Well, we look forward to the matchup. Only ten days away. I can't believe it. But Mike, we appreciate the time. Oh, I look forward to seeing BYU and Lincoln. It's going to be great. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Mike Babcock of HaleVarsity.com. So they don't huddle anymore. Good stuff. What, in 2015, someone doesn't huddle? Oh, my goodness. What do we do now? (laughs) That's funny that they looked to the sideline. The coaches were like, no, No. huddle up. How huddle up, man? (laughs) (laughs) What's your biggest takeaway from the BYU football fall camp? Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, Vic Soto explains how we could find a spot on the Team USA rugby team for the Olympics, plus his take on fall camp. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Brian Logan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Did you hear, Brian? BYU Sports Nation is going to air twice a day starting next Tuesday. I did hear that. 6 Eastern time starting next Tuesday, a rebroadcast of the noon Eastern show every day. And it's part of Super Tuesday next week, 6 o'clock Eastern time, BYU Sports Nation's re-air for the first time. Then 7 p.m., the... Inside BYU football debut. It's going to be fantastic. And then 8 Eastern after further review. Brian Logan will be on that show. That's pretty cool, man. Now my mom can watch again when 
when I'm the re-air, I'm on, man. The re-air, yeah. And it's great yeah. too because I talk to people that listen to the show live on BYU Radio or TV going to work on the West Coast or lunch on the East Coast, right? You can get it when you go home, put it on DVR, whatever, later. If you're a super fan, you, you, watch, watch, it you watch it twice. We don't need you to watch it twice. Once or listen yes. will be great. Yes, you know? watch it twice. That'll be awesome. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It is the last day of fall camp for BYU football. We'll be at practice watching, doing interviews. We will periscope interviews as well. Follow at BYU TV Sports on Twitter. Also, FB Schedules reports BYU at Washington State in 2019. Hopefully Mike Leach is still there then. Is moved from September 14th to October 12th. The men's basketball team went 4-0 in Spain after an 82-55 win yesterday. Uh, Jerem's best friend, Chase Fisher, scored a team-high 20 points while Kyle Davis added 14 points and 13 rebounds. We'll break down uh, some of the notables uh, coming up uh, here shortly. Uh, Fisher's my dude. Yeah, my BFF. The women's <laughs> not quite. The women's <laughs> soccer team is now ranked 11th after a 2-0 win versus Cal in Hawaii. BYU's game against Stanford that's been rescheduled for September 5th in Palo Alto or 7th in Palo Alto. BYU will host Stanford in a future game. That's a great game. Team USA volleyball lost in three sets to Brazil yesterday in Game Two of the USA V Cup tonight. Uh, the two teams play uh, Game Three at USC. Let's bring in Vic Soto, former BYU football player, NFL player as well and olympic rugby hopeful we'll get to that in a minute yep. uh but Vic, how's it going man it's going well man how you guys doing we're doing well we were talking about the last day of fall camp right. and what that was like do you remember the last day of fall camp when you played yes was was, that like? the best day of, <laughs> the best day of football is when you're out of camp and you gotta you get to game plan and stuff yeah is, yeah what's yeah. The, what's the huge difference it's just it's the schedule i mean you're not you're not banging against each other you get you go against a scout team and and then you can kind of hone in on what you're going to see from the team and, and that you're going to play. And, yeah. and then it just it changes your whole mindset. Your, the tempo is kind of it's kind of tapered back a little bit. Uh, on offense, but on defense, we're just we ramp it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> offense, yeah. Offensive guys, yeah. Uh, I can hear Riley Nelson going, man, right. my grandma's right. You guys just talk about defense. Right. The whole show. <laughs> That's because we, we just get to bang the, the scout team yeah. a lot. It's so right? much fun. It is fun, man. It's fun when you, when you just knock – you know, the boo-boo out of somebody on scout team and the coaches the don't. The boo-boo. <laughs> I'm trying to be PG here, right. you know. But uh, the that coaches, well, coaches well kind of laugh and don't say nothing. It's it's good, man. You get a lot of good hits. A lot of great hits on the scout team. It's so much fun. Now the fall camp is almost over. We've been discussing what our biggest takeaways from fall camp have been. What have what have you seen or heard or taken away from fall camp? One of the biggest things. Um, This will be for Riley. I'll, I'll talk about the offense. I think <laughs> I think how many receivers we have that are have big play capability. I think Moroni was a nice surprise coming off his mission and um you know Kurtz could have a huge year. Matthews of course back and Who think going to have a better year, Nick or or Mitch? I think it's got it's got to be Nick, right? Cuz everyone knows Mitch. So they're going to game plan for Mitch. And and Nick, the way he runs his routes, it's so smooth. It's it doesn't seem like he's six six or six five mm. when he's running his routes, but then when he gets up there and goes for a ball, he is. And so, I'd say I'd say I'd say Nick probably have a, a better year. Um, but if those guys are having great years, then we're having a great season. So now, now if Mitch can do what he did last year and Nick has better than that, that's big time. Because, Absolutely, because that was a. I, I'm trying to remember the numbers exactly, but a seventy something catch, nine hundred yard. 
Yeah, back, uh, yeah. you know, eight right. touchdown kind of year. Right. That's pretty good. Right. And you can't you can't discount the the smaller speedy guys too. I think it's it's just a great mix of of athletic wide receivers and a lot of weapons for Taysom to get the ball wherever he wants to and and it should be an exciting offense. So I said uh my biggest takeaway was the running back group has some work to do without Jamal Williams. Some concern there Absolutely. on my end. Um Algernon Brown, I, I like him. I like Nate Carter as a changeup. Adam Hine's got a little more to prove there as a running back. But uh you know they've got it they've got a They've got to do it. And then Brian uh, mentioned that the defense is better than right. maybe what we thought, which yeah. is a positive. I, did, I didn't think the defense would be where it's at right now, uh, you know, dominating uh, Simon Sound football. I, I thought that would take maybe a couple games under right. their belt, you right. know. But, I mean, we obviously know the takeover with Coach right. Pinkhall and, <laughs> and, how, <laughs> and how high he could take us and how, how fast. Literally in, what, a week right. we turned it around, right? I think what was great um, about last year, well, I guess it wasn't great, but a lot of guys went down and a lot of young players played. And so they have that game experience. You know, usually you don't have that game experience as a sophomore or as a, as a, as a junior. Going to junior, you're, you're kind of getting ready to start. But these guys have all played and have, have all felt live bullets, and, and, and I think that's kind of helped their learning curve going through fall camp. Nick yeah. Soto is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about um, Bronson Kafusi in our pre-show meeting, and right. it's been a quiet camp for Bronson. Good right. or bad, doesn't matter. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Well, you can't hit the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, right? So you're not going to hear right. from Bronson. No, you're not going to hear from you're not going to hear from pass rushers when it, when it, when you're going against your own team because you don't hit the quarterback. Uh, I think Bronson has done really well in, in um, his D line assignments. The hardest thing as a pass rusher is being head up the offensive tackle and that's the way the base defense here is here for defensive ends which Bronson plays. So, I mean, quiet, not quiet. I, I watch all the film, every rep of practice and he's doing he's having a great camp. That's good to hear. Uh because yeah, when you can't actually touch the quarterback, no. you can't do your job. And you should not. <laughs> you should not. T- you yeah. should Don't not. touch that guy. I saw a tweet where where actually a freshman actually touched Taysom Scott, Hill. Scott Huntsman. See, we, yeah. And that is a big no-no. See, we talked about this too. That, that a, is a no-no. Bro, that was the first thing I said. I didn't care about the speed or whatever no. the case was. I simply saw him touching Taysom and I was like, "What are you doing, dude?" Exactly. As as much as I hate quarterbacks, and I want to hit them, <laughs> I know that they're essential to the success of the team, especially a great one like Taysom. Uh, you know, we had a we had in Green Bay uh, someone actually touched Aaron Rodgers. That was a guy on the bubble, and they sent him home pecking. So, if, if you touch him, whether you punch him in the jaw, did you punch him or, in the jaw, or, or you tap him, <laughs> you're out, baby. But if you punch him in the jaw, you might get picked up by the Bills. So. <laughs> By Rex Ryan. Right. right. <laughs> that, that story. Right. I can't imagine that happening. No one ever wanted to punch Max Hall, right? Never. Um, no. yeah. yeah, a couple <laughs> people did. Mm-hmm. But no one would actually do it. Oh, heck no, There's man. a huge difference between doing it and thinking about doing right, it. Right, exactly. I tried it. I, I kinda, tried. I almost Mac, Mac, Max is smart, though. Max, Max jumps behind the offensive lineman, so he, he plays it smart. He, he, that's, he that's actually a does. savvy quarterback. Dude, savvy. There was times I remember where you know somebody would make a play or you know people are talking talking trash and he like run out even when he's on the sideline yeah. even when the twos yeah. are in he runs out you know has his helmet off talks smack and then as soon as the defense tries to get in his face he like he runs jumped. back. Then he's a really then good DB at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. great. Great. Yeah. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about um, what's going on with you and rugby sevens. So yeah, for those man. that don't know what rugby sevens are. 
You play on the same field, about 10-minute halves, uh, a lot more fitness involved, but it's going to be in the Olympics in Rio. Absolutely. So what's going on with you and rugby? Um, I'm actually going t- on Friday. We're flying out with uh, to the Elite City Sevens in Philadelphia. Uh, it's a group here uh, composed of some some BYU guys, some Utah guys, some ex um, they call the Eagles the, the 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 national team the national team. Some of those guys, and we're going to play. and And um, the head coach for the the Eagles is going to be there. And I want to put on a show, and I want to go to the Olympics. It's uh, it. As a football player, you've never had that avenue. As a basketball player, as a track athlete, as a volleyball player, you've always had that, I could go to the Olympics. And as a football player, the door opened. Kimball Kerr, who played here and coached here, called me and gave me the opportunity, and it's just it's great. So, so is that the story? Is that how you got into yeah. rugby? Kim- Kimball is- played uh, for the Eagles right. uh, back in the day and is well-connected, obviously. Right. So he kind of referred you. Yeah, he actually um, he hit me up on Twitter, and then uh, I called called him, talked to him a little bit, and I was actually on vacation in California, so he flew me back. I did a workout, never played rugby before, <laughs> and, and, and so it's a little uh, different. Yeah, and then got on this team and just running with it, man. I'm running how, with it. how is that? How is that learning that 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 learning curve been? You know, playing football your whole life, and then. You right, know, doing rugby kind of like Paul Lasike, right? That, but the opposite. You're, you could be reverse Paul Lasike. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think it's harder going from rugby to football because it's so much more complicated. Mm. At least in the sevens game, if you break the line, if you break the defense of the other team, it's basically you know a foot race, right? Mm. But uh, for me, the learning curve, the the hardest thing for me is the the small things like passing the ball, which seems really simple and looks really easy, is really tough when you're exhausted <laughs> and, and you've been hit a couple of times. But my experience here playing tight end, playing fullback, playing defensive end, playing linebacker, kind of just puts me into this hopefully great rugby player because you handle the ball, you 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 tackle the guy, you chase him, you know, all that stuff is – I'm in the ruck – like I'm, I'm kind of the bruiser. So the bruiser. Yeah. That, now it's interesting because sevens is yeah, like you mentioned. There's probably one or two guys that are exactly. bigger. Everyone else is fleet of foot. It's yes. more wide receivers, DBs kind of right. fitness level. Brian Logans. Yeah. The Brian Logans all <laughs> over the field. Yeah. Right. And the U.S. is trying to figure out a way to compete with New Zealand and Australia and South Africa and right. and England in in rugby. So do do you feel like you've got a legitimate shot? To make the Olympic team, I do, or else I wouldn't be on it. You know, I, I feel like uh, the coaching that Kimball's uh, been able to to teach me, and and um, the ceiling he sees for me. I think, why not? You know, I I feel like I'm as fast, if not faster, than some of the guys on the team, and I'm definitely twice their size, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> literally, right? Yeah, in many really. cases, yeah. but it's it's going to come down to, you know what the Eagles coach sees and, and, and what his game plan is and and his old philosophy, that's basically what it's going to come down to. How has it been for uh, uh, just the, the physical play, not having pads? I, I talked to Paul Lasica, I asked him right. a question. I said, hey, are, are are you more comfortable and confident now that you have pads on right. you know, from, from transitioning to rugby? Because I would feel better. And he said, I'm not, I don't feel like Iron Man, you know, right. in, in his suit. <laughs> are you more timid? I guess without having no that way, no way, because you see their face <laughs> as you 
as I'm running, I, I can see yeah. them. I you see the fear, and it just it. and it makes you want to run harder. Well, probably because you're twice exactly the size of it, right. Exactly. If there's someone twice right the size now? of me, what? What are you at right now? Um, Height and weight. Right now, six three, two sixty. Two sixty. Is anyone right. is anyone heavier than you? No. No. I don't think in in rugby period sevens there is. Yeah, I can't. There's imagine. not a ton of like j- j- just because you're playing seven on seven in the same size field. It'd be like saying absolutely like seven on seven in football is not the same because there's 15 dudes. Right. It'd be like five on five on a regular football field. Right. There's a ton of space. Ton of space. Ton of fun. A lot of running. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing is the fitness was being able to run, tackle the guy, get up, run, tackle the guy again, get up, run, tackle the guy, and then changing the way I hit because you know you hit in football. You can kind of take their legs out. You have a helmet on, so you're not scared of of getting your face smashed by someone's knee. Or... So you are scared. See, that's what I was trying to ask. <laughs> no, I said, you're not scared when you have the helmet on. But me, period, I do not get scared. <laughs> well nice, nice, nice well recovery. Right. Nice Will recovery. that be broadcast at all? You know? Yeah, it's, um, NBC it's broadcast Sports online. I, I, can't, I can't remember the link, but I okay. shoot you the link. I'll shoot you the link. and um, We'll retweet you. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's just... Changing the way you tackle, putting your head behind the tackle, kind of how football is actually really moving to tackle wise. So. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. That's Thanks. very exciting. You could you could be another uh, former BYU athlete in Rio. We think Taylor Sanders is going to be there. Oh, I hope uh, so. Maybe Russell Holmes. You know that. Nice. Some swimmers. So, I'm I'm just imagining you know uh, with Maracana. I think the opening ceremonies and Vic walking in with some sweet swag <laughs> <laughs> to the Olympic thing. That would be awesome. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. And thanks for coming on, Vic Soto. Uh, hopefully we see him in Rio next year. I'm going to try and right go on. down for that. Right that'd, that'd be awesome. Hey, coming up, BYU basketball swept their Spanish tour. What did we learn about the future of this team? My guy Chase Fisher's flow. Did you see his hair your in B, Spain? Your BF. Oh, I didn't see it. Is it long like yours? I don't think he can play intramurals. I'll just say that. He might not be able to take a test right now. Oh, That's all right, though. He's in Spain getting buckets. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU. Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan live from Studio B. Tune in Saturday on BYU TV as 11th ranked BYU women's soccer team hosts Colorado for their regular season home opener. The match kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Big game. Colorado's knocked BYU out of the NCAA tournament the last two seasons. Get BYU ranked 11th right now. 11th. Wow. Knocking on the door of the top ten. Our Twitter question today, what's your biggest takeaway from BYU football fall camp? At CJ America nice. 11. America. Is more, let's see, BYU is more, it just says is more balanced. I don't know who he's referring to. Is more balanced than we thought. We won't have to totally rely on the offense and Taysom Hill. Great news. I'm assuming the defense. The defense. More yeah, balanced. We don't have That's to rely the way on you the feel. Well, you have to always rely on the defense because if the other team <laughs> doesn't score, then you win the game. All, all we true. really need is for the offense to score three points. In okay. The, you know, this then, isn't the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just saying, man. That's a good whatever. formula right there. The field goal. <laughs> Los Cougars de BYU are Los Reyes de España. They went 4 0. In Spain, nice 82-55 win versus Cate del, del Fels or something si. yesterday. See, si. I tried. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so BYU finished 4-0. I think we expected them to win all these games. I don't know the level of competition BYU played, but I think that there's some notable storylines that came out of what BYU did in Spain. Uh, first, first off, this comes to mind. No Tyler Hawes. 
No problem. I think that the offense is still really good for BYU. That Chase Fisher uh, led the team in scoring at 17.5 points per game through four is a, yep. is a good thing. I don't think BYU has a 20-point score this year. And then another note for me, Brian, balance. BYU had four guys finishing double figures, Fisher, Collinsworth, Davis, and Emery on the trip. Not to mention Jamal Eights uh, was solid uh, as a scorer. And then rebounding. BYU rebounded the ball well. Those are just some of the themes I got out of BYU's Spain trip. Yeah, I think that the rebounds were, were really the biggest thing that stood out to me. Um, when you look at some of the challenges that BYU had last year, it always came down to, to rebounds and giving opponents second opportunities to score more buckets. And so obviously you had guys with inexperience, some younger guys, um, you know, issues with bigs, not not having them, right, period. Right, um, and well, freshmen or yeah, sophomores or right, walk-ons. Right, exactly. And, and so, you know, to see, um, you know, Austin, Kafusi, and, and Davis – uh, being able to to progress and, and head the right way, I mean, that's the biggest thing that excites me because when you look at those stats, when, when BYU was rebounding good, I mean, they were winning games. When they weren't, it was completely opposite. I think they only lost one game all year when they didn't out-rebound out an opponent. Right. That was one of the keys. And you think about it, BYU went up to Spokane with uh, Isaac Nielsen, Corbin Kafusi, Luke Worthington, and Ryan Andrus and won that game against Sabonis and... Shemit Karnowski. So, um, yeah. I still don't know how they did that, and it cost me my hair. Prayers. But, but BYU's got a different setup in the post this year. The clear leaders of this team are Fisher and Collinsworth, right. verbally and physically. Kyle Davis is captain consistent, by the way. Yeah. 12.3 points per game, 7.8 rebounds. That, nice. that guy's going to be a really nice addition. And you, BYU leaned on, okay, we need two... Hopefully three guys to show up tonight. Yeah. I think BYU's got five solid weapons where you will have three or four a night, and then you don't have this spell where you lose at Pepperdine. You don't mm-hmm. lose games you're not supposed to lose in certain situations. Gives you more wins. Gives you a better uh, chance of taking down Gonzaga in conference. Gives you a better chance at a single-digit seed in the tournament. I think, I think too, with, with somebody like Chase who – you know, BYU really relied on last year. It's like, hey, we need you to show up, man. And, and when he didn't, BYU he typically didn't. lost. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think with the, the the firepower that you have now on the offensive side, so many different options. I mean, you you can have Chase not show up, or maybe even Kyle not show up, whatever the case is, and still have an opportunity to win the game. That, and that's important. BYU rebounded the heck out of the ball too. Kyle Davis seven point eight. Jamal Late, 7 a game. Corbin Kafusi 11 a game. Ooh-y. Nate Austin, 7 a game. Will BYU have a double-digit uh, you know, per-game rebounder? I don't think so. It's tough, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 18 players in all of college basketball averaged 10 a game last year. That's it. Brad Waldo had 9.1 in the WCC to lead the way. Do you know who was second? Kyle Collinsworth at 8.7. <laughs> I'm going to say Corbin will do it, man. Corbin will be bold the leading rebounder. Prediction. I'll say Kyle Davis is the leading rebounder. Is that Early a, bold prediction that, that, for oh, BYU Hoops. Oh, I was talking about averaging 10 rebounds. Oh, that he'll do it? <laughs> no one's going to do it for BYU. I'll tell you, tell you that right now. Is that, is that bold so? or is that dumb? It's super bold and only 18 in all of college hoops average 10. super spicy. Crazy bold. Italics and underlined. Whatever, man. <laughs> What's your biggest takeaway from BYU football fall camp? Keep the tweets coming. Another scheduling move for a future BYU football game. We'll tell you which game next in the Cougar Whipper.
BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU finishes fall camp today and prepares for season opener against Nebraska on September 5th. Also, the 2019 game against Washington State is rescheduled for October 12th from September 14th. Men's basketball. Those Cougars finished the Spanish tour by winning yesterday 82-55 in their final game. Case Fisher led the team with six three-pointers and 20 points. Kyle Davis had a double-double, 14 points, 13 boards. The team finished 4-0. Soccer. BYU jumped in the rankings from 19th to 11th after defeating number 18th Cal on Friday. The, the teams play their home opener this Friday, August 28th, against Colorado. And the game against number three Stanford has been rescheduled for September 7th at Stanford. Future home game against Cardinal will be in Provo. Sorry, I missed that. Men's volleyball. <laughs> Team ball, man. Former BYU volleyball player Russell Holmes had a block and a kill in the USA V Cup exhibition game against Brazil. Brazil defeated the United States 3-0. They play tonight again at USC. Nice. Cougars in the association. Former BYU Cougar Jennifer Hampson and the L.A. Sparks play the Indiana Fever tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Today's Rise and Shadows brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I say we give it to Vic Sooto. Yeah. That guy's trying to do work and get into the Olympics. You know what we didn't do and that I want to do right now? Give him the karma. We need to give oh, Vic Soto the karma so that he can excel this weekend in Philadelphia. Why did you move your hand away? <laughs> you moved your hand away. I'm touching your shoulder. Here, okay. here hold this uh, basketball Wait, or something. Maybe I should give it to the, the mic yeah. and then the mic can get You're transferred. You're just getting wild, yeah. man. You're always wild. Good, What's your biggest yeah. takeaway from the hashtag BYU football <laughs> fall camp? It's our elite tweet of the day. At JMG Cougman. Biggest takeaway of fall camp, not a single hammy, groin, or abdominal muscle issue. Hashtag Team Wintrick. That's a great point. That's a great point. Thanks to Mike Babcock, Vic Soto, and everyone on our crew. For Brian, I am Jerem. Shout out to former teammate. Who you got? Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow.